This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Free standard installation valid on lease option only. Not valid with a purchase option. Limited time offer. If you want lightning fast, high speed internet, here's great news. HughesNet, America's number one choice for high speed satellite internet service with fast speeds, no hard data limits, and built in Wi Fi, gives you the high internet speed you want, no matter where you live. That's right. You can now get high speed internet service from anywhere in the United States, no matter how bad your cellular service, with HughesNet's Gen 5 satellite high speed service with built in Wi Fi. So you can now connect laptops and mobile phones. Call satellite country at 800-681-3876 right now to get incredibly fast and reliable internet service so you can shop more, share more, and connect more than ever before. Plus, call now and get standard installation for free. That's right, free. To try HughesNet high-speed internet at your home or office, call 800-681-3876. Join millions of happy HughesNet high-speed satellite internet service customers with free installation. Call 800-681-3876. That's 800-681-3876. 8-1-3-8-7-6. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Leading the way behind the camera, beyond the runway, and on the silver screen. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts. Preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have the owner of the Kick Fever Fitness Studio in Brooklyn, New York, Carol Glasgow. She's going to talk about how she got into martial arts and also some other things that we're going to ask her about. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room, you don't go to a clinic, you get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do, but the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room, I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. We should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms, and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. All right. 
right, everybody, welcome back to the program. So now let's introduce our guest on the program. We have a lady who is uh, the owner of the Kick Fever Fitness Studio in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, we're going to have her on the show talking about martial arts and uh, some other things that are, that are of interest. We want to welcome to the program the owner of the Kick Fever Fitness Studio in Brooklyn, New York, Carol Glasgow. Hello, Carol. Welcome to the program. Hello, Ed, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you. You're welcome, and thank you once again for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, before we get into uh, martial arts and how you were introduced into the world of sports and health and fitness, let's start off with your upbringing. You grew up uh, across the pond in uh, London, England, one of the uh, a city that's uh, known for hustle and bustle, and certainly it's a city that's that shaped a lot of the commerce and a lot of uh, fashion and other trends around the world. So uh, tell our audience, what was your London like growing up? Um, okay, yes, I, I was born in London, um, in fact, South London. Um, I loved where we where I was born and the whole environment that I um, was in. Um, initially, I was I ran track. I ran the hundred, two hundred, the four by one, and the four by two, and sometimes even the four by two relay. Um, our season would start from April to September, and everyone that, ran, that runs track generally flies to Spain for two weeks to train in the warm weather, to stuff our faces and um, enjoy the food in Spain, and of course train for about three or four hours every day. So we would do that every year for two weeks, fly to Spain, train in the warm weather, and then head back to London and start our season again between April and September. And so running the, the 200, but then running the 400, then doing the either 4x1, four 4x2, by four by and 4x4 four four would end up being a, an awfully long day. But well, we, I, I thoroughly enjoy doing that. I'm, I'm sorry? sorry, you can go ahead. No, um, it, it's a long day, and doing the 400 and then the 4x4 four four seriously drains you an awful lot. Yeah, I can imagine that. Definitely you participating in a lot of events in track and field. We're going to get more into uh, your your uh, track and field uh, career in just a, a little bit, but you mentioned you grew up in uh, South London, um, a neighborhood yes. that I've been um, – knowing the uh, kind of like the geography or the um, the demographics of the neighborhoods of South London, did you have – did you grow up in mm -hmm. Brixton? And I went to college in Brixton, Um I was born in Balham, South London, and then we moved to Stockwell, again in South London. And I went to Brixton College where I studied engineering. So um, we had two buildings, one that was the engineering department and one that did all of the other classes further down the road in Brixton. So, yes, I spent a lot of time in Brixton every day going to school. Okay, fair enough. Now let's move along now to you mentioned about participating in a lot of events in track and field. We know that uh, track and field is a global phenomenon. Like um, uh, in the United States, uh, people get excited about it when it gets close to Olympic time. But I noticed that mm -hmm. people in Europe and other parts of the world, they have, a, I mean, track and field is like at a fever pitch. Did you yes. – how? what is the track and field atmosphere like? What was it like for you growing up in England? Oh, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I lived and died track. 
when looking for a job back then, I had to make sure that I had easy access to get to the track after work. If the job was too far, I couldn't accept as I had to get to the track every evening. That goes without saying. So I turned down jobs because it, I couldn't get to the track in time. So not being there was not an option for me because I lived, breathed, and died track. It was the begin all and end all of my life, quite frankly. And along with other people that I trained with, we all had the same view. We lived, died, and breathed track. So, yes, okay, everyone loves track. Yeah, I would imagine that because I see a lot of videos, you know, not just on YouTube, but even before the advent of the Internet, you know, it just seems like, I mean, like I mentioned, me being American is like we get we – get, excited over track and field, but I just see that it's just something different, not just in England, but really all of Europe and Asia and other countries, they really gravitate towards track and field. Did you have an opportunity to compete in any, um, I want like Olympic games or any type of um, maybe the Goodwill games or Commonwealth games or any type of uh, no. big competitions? I wasn't that good, unfortunately, but so no, it was just local and regional competitions that, that we entered and were entered into between April and October. So, no, it was just regional. It, nothing as exciting as the Commonwealth Games, good grief, but alas, no, I did not. Okay, fair enough. But let's stay with uh, you, uh, your track and field background. Now, besides track and field, who who introduced you to the sport of track and field? Was it a uh, fam- family members, or was it just something that you just had a, um, you were just uh, naturally at- or just uh, athletically gifted? Yes. Um, uh, um, I ran, we competed and ran in secondary school. Then when I left secondary school and went to college, I made, because um, college, uh, unlike over here where your school will enter you into competitions, we all belong to local running groups, which wasn't part of the school. So um, every, I belong to the Hearn Hill Harriers. And so joining that club, we would then go to meet every single weekend and then compete around London and sometimes out of London as well. Okay. Um, let's stay with, with uh, just – I wanted to continue on track and field for a moment. How were mm-hmm. the um, – I was speaking with uh, someone on a previous podcast, and she told me how the seasons ran. She's, uh, she lives in Canada, and she was telling me mm-hmm. how there is um, an indoor season, and the, the, but the seasons yes. are very short. Can you explain again to the audience what are the track seasons like in England? I don't know, how, how do they run right. in England, I should say? So, yes, so um, you have outdoor meets between April and, again, September-ish, and then you have the indoor season. But um, living in London, Crystal Palace is is where we trained, and Crystal Palace only had a a 60-meter indoor track. There were other indoor tracks that were, I believe, 200 meters, which we sometimes went to as well. Because um, the fact that I generally ran 200 and 400 meters, doing it indoors is totally different. Because now, whereas um, 200 is half a track and four is all the way round, when you run indoors, you're running on a steep bank. If you do 400, where I believe 
it was maybe four times round because, of course, it's a smaller indoor track. So running indoors doing two or 400 was difficult for me because running on the bank was awfully hard for me. But um, I didn't do much indoor um, competing. It was mainly outdoors. And every now and again, we would do an indoor meet. But, yes, it's totally different to running outdoors. Okay, so now let's move on now to your uh, personal training career. How did you get involved in personal training? Well, once I got to New York in the 19, in 1990 and started the martial arts, because I've always been an athlete from the age of, what, 12 or 13, um, I naturally, I've always worked out my entire life. Um, so I just decided to take the certification Gosh, um, when was it? Oh, good grief. Um, must it, I, I think I took the certification in uh, 2007-ish or 8-ish. Um, I took the certification to, to, to become a personal trainer um, because I mainly um, have been doing the martial arts and teaching the kickboxing. Um, I have one or two clients. Right now, I don't have any, but, I mean, I still train myself because I turned my basement into a gym, and that's where I go every morning to work out. That's how I got into that. Okay, and let's uh, segue into the next topic. You mentioned martial arts. Now, looking at your bio right here, it says that you are you have uh, over 22 years of, of martial arts training with black belts in Hapkido and uh you could correct me if I'm wrong, is it uh, pronounced Kumite Ryu Jiu-Jitsu? Exactly, yes, that, that's right. And actually okay. now it's 20, I think it's 28 years now of training. All right, awesome, awesome. So let's stay just with those particular uh, styles of martial arts that you have black belts. And we know uh, martial arts <laughs> is broad and it's very diverse. There's Taekwondo and there's uh, Judo and there's uh, Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu and there's a host of others. But can you explain to the audience what what entails with uh, Hapkido and uh, Kumite uh, Ryu Jiu-Jitsu? Right. Um, we're, with Hapkido, okay, so we know that Taekwondo mainly is just kicks, mainly. With Hapkido... It encompasses every form of self-defense. So whether you're doing a kicks, whether you're doing kicks or punches, if someone grabs you, you can defend yourself. If someone has a knife on you, you can defend yourself. If someone has a bat on you, you can defend yourself. And even if you happen to be unfortunately on the floor with someone on top of you, you can defend yourself even from that position. So it encompasses everything. So um, if I can't kick and someone grabs me, I can still defend myself and get out of that. If I happen to be on the floor where nobody wants to be, I can still defend myself and get out of that unfortunate situation and um, redirect um, the energy from my attack, from myself onto my attacker and get myself off said attacker and get on home. So that's the difference between Hapkido, where you can be in any situation being attacked with a gun, knife, bat, or even sword, to name but a few, and still be able to defend yourself from those attacks and get home in one piece. 
Oh wow, that's that's interesting, right? That you broke it broke it down like that because again, as I said before, the martial arts is so broad, but you really broke it down in detail about what hapkido is. Is a, a kumite ryu jujitsu? Is it uh, the same thing? Um, kumite um, jujitsu. Um, the difference with that, um, my master is Sabanim David Herbert. His master was Soki Little John Davis, who's renowned in the martial arts world. So when I started doing Hapkida with Master um, David Herbert, I was given the opportunity to train with his master, Soki Little John Davis. At that time, Soki had a studio in Harlem, so I would go up there two or three times a week from Brooklyn and train with him. Now with Soki and that branch of Jiu-Jitsu, they teach you because on the street, as you um, are probably aware, there's no style with any attacker attacking you who's from the street. They'll just attack you any which way known to man. And with um, Soki's style of martial arts, it's about street fighting. There's no bowing in street fighting and no getting ready in street fighting. In street fighting, they come at you and you have to defend yourself come what may. So you have to, if it means taking to the streets because you're being attacked, then therefore Soki teaches you what to do if you happen to be on the street and get attacked and get home in one piece. So he's more what to do on the street because, again, we live in Brooklyn. Well, I'm in Brooklyn, should I, should I say. And anything can happen in Brooklyn or anywhere in New York, quite frankly. So Soki's martial arts teaches you what to do if you're on the street and you get attacked to bam, 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 disarm attacker and get the heck on home. Wow, that's interesting, right there. Definitely, you gotta you gotta have uh, uh, that that as they say that third eye or that uh, that that street yes, sense, sort exactly. of speaking. And you definitely, yep, you gotta you gotta be on point, not just in New York, but just anywhere in the world where people are coming at you. And like you said, um, attackers know no style, and you just have to be ready. Right. And speaking of being Mm-hmm. And speaking of being ready, you definitely you, you earned your black belts in those forms of martial arts, and it, it propelled you to start uh, Kick Kick Fever Fitness, which is your own uh, studio that you have. Just tell the audience a little bit about Kick Fever Fitness. Well, yes. Um, so what I ex- try to explain to new students, um, um, I'm not Billy Blanks. I don't teach Taibo because, again, we live in Brooklyn. We're not in 90210. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with B- Billy Blanks type of martial arts. Of course, it's great. But um, living in the real world in Brooklyn or anywhere else, you have to learn how to defend, defend yourself just in case. It may never happen, but just in case. Learn something. I don't care who you learn it from, but learn something just in case. Because... At this time that we're living in now, people seem to have lost their minds. So be prepared. Going down to the subway, walking on the street, be prepared. Take off, keep your phone in your handbag or in your pocket. Please don't keep looking at your phone walking down the street. Your eyes need to be above and looking around you just in case. I use a Bluetooth earpiece and my phone stays in my handbag because I can walk and talk at the same time. I don't need to have my phone in my hands. So I teach my students to be aware of your surroundings. Be prepared. 
follow your instincts. Your instincts will never, ever, ever let you down. If you think something is wrong, you're probably right. Walking home at night, please, again, keep your phone in your bag, especially at night. I, I explained to them how my master taught me. When walking home at night, don't walk close to the buildings. Walk more nearer to, to the street so that you can see um, the lighting from said buildings and also the, the lighting from the cars approaching you or from behind. So that's what, what I teach because I've got the teachings from my master and also from Soki, all of which I have combined into my kick to the fitness um, kickboxing style. All right, let's talk more about Kick Fever Fitness. What do the, the routines consist of at uh, Kick Fever Fitness? I um, instruct them how to punch. Um, you have to have a closed fist. You have to make sure that when you punch, for instance, that your wrist is totally straight and not bent. The body is a hard mass. If you punch anything or anyone, and your wrist is bent and not straight, you will break and injure your wrist. I explain that to them. I show them how to punch, how to pivot um, on your second punch, that your full body weight needs to be in your second punch because there, there's more power when you pivot and put your body weight into your punch than when you don't. And if you intend to punch someone, I explain to them, punch someone, Put your power behind your kick or your punch. Because as we have seen on TV, no one is coming to help you. You have to learn to defend yourself. People will film you, but they won't come and assist you. So I teach them how to punch and how to kick and put power behind and put their energy and their key behind any, everything that they do with regards to having to punch or kick someone. And I explain also, do here what you would do outside. Don't think that if you just go through the routines during my class, that suddenly if you are attacked on the street, that, that you'll become some superhero and do what you haven't been trained to do in my class. So do in my class as you would do outside. Put every inch of power and intent into everything that, that you do with me so that when you're outside, it becomes natural to you. That's what I teach. Okay, just give us more, uh, give the audience more about what your uh, classes are, what are your classes designed to do just in terms of um, not just giving a full body workout, but also just uh, besides teaching self-defense and also uh, working your core muscles. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm teaching them how to get fit, but also how to defend themselves at the same time, because why can't we do both in one class? It's not one or t'other, it's both. So, if, yes, it's a full body workout, but during that workout, you are learning how to pitch, how to punch, and how to kick. So, they'll learn their front kick, their roundhouse kick, their side kick. So, again, and I explain, Jean-Claude Van Damme's kicks are great. They're, they're absolutely brilliant. But, again, we all can't kick that high. And it's never about height. It's the intention behind your kick. So, again, as long as you can kick... Um, from the groin down, you're good. Because, again, it does not have to be high. You can be aiming for the groin, for the thigh, for the calf. And, again, it's the power behind the kick, not how high you can kick. And that's what I install in them and let them know. I don't care how low you kick, but put power behind your kick. And I ask them, if you had to, could you? 
So everything that you do is with the intent, just in case if you had to use it, you could. By putting your intent and your power behind every kick and every punch that you throw. That way, if you could, yes, you can. All right, and uh, let's stay with martial arts for a moment. You know, you being a, a woman of color and then being heavily involved in the art form, what are your tips for women of color that want to get into martial arts? Um, find a good school. Um, I was lucky, um, again, 28 years ago or so, I was working in Soho, and at that time, if you, if you recollect the white pages, I was looking through and found the martial arts school on Broadway and Houston in Soho in Manhattan. So I called up, I met the master, and I liked him instantly. So he said, come by tomorrow. So I came in, I signed up there and then, and Carol being Carol, I couldn't go once a week. I had to go every single day. So I went every single day for the first seven or eight years. That's just because I'm that intent in what I do. So I went every day, seven days a week, to the martial arts school in Soho. Um, and I've been going to the same master's, to the same school for, again, for 28 years. Um, find a good school. Find a school where you're comfortable in. Because, I mean, there are some schools that are more interested in getting in students and not teaching them properly. Find a school where you go in, Take a, I mean, take a class or, in fact, just watch a class. See how the instructor interacts with its students. See how you feel about the other students in the school. Are they all male? Are there only a few women? I was lucky, again, with my master. Um, it's a very um, diverse school. You've, he's got lots of female instructors, lots of students of color, and he, in fact, is a master of color as well. So I just liked him instantly his energy was absolutely great and that helped me too and he helped me enormously he pays attention to you as i do to my students i observe i see what's wrong i try and help them i give them encouragement every single class that we're in but again find a school that you're comfortable with and that you have the time to go to because it's not just once a week you need to be going at least three or four times a week and now with this pandemic, he's now offering classes seven days a week via Zoom, as I'm doing now, my classes on Zoom as well. Okay, well, that's good. It's good that, um, you know, everybody's been adjusting to the pandemic, like what your master yes. has done and then what you're mm -hmm. currently doing. So aside from um, that, was you've actually uh, gone into, into the next topic I was going to mention, you know, with the uh, coronavirus, with this pandemic, a lot of people have had to readjust their schedules and go into uh, more into the digital world. So uh, what mm -hmm. project are you currently working on as, um, aside from doing the classes on Zoom? Well, um, right now, it's just the classes on Zoom. It's just twice a week. Um, I'm, quite, look, I'm trying to expand the classes um, to more than twice a week. I'm just seeing if there's people out there that want to take the classes more than twice a week. Um, I'm trying to – I'm not the best marketer in the world, which doesn't help me at all, quite frankly, but I'm trying. So I am on Instagram. I am on Facebook. I am on Twitter. I'm now trying to utilize that as I, I now must, because, again, everything is now digital and online due, due to the pandemic. So I'm trying to 
utilize these platforms to get my message out there to a wider audience and just trying to get more clients to attend the class because again it's an amazing class it's an amazing workout people that take the class love what I do and they come back over and over again so just I'm just trying to expand my audience and getting my brand out there as they say Okay, that's great, and uh, you're doing that so far, and hopefully you'll continue to do that during despite uh, this difficult time. So one more time, Carol, uh, where can people find you on social media? And, again, let them know the website as well. Of course. It's Kick Fever Fitness. Um, I'm on Instagram under Kick Fever Fitness, Facebook, and Twitter all under Kick Fever Fitness. Well, you heard it from her. She's uh, Carol Glasgow. She is the owner of the Kick Fever Fitness Studio in Brooklyn, New York. Carol, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the show. And if ever you want to come back on, feel free to let us know. Thank you so much, Ed. It was great speaking with you and telling your audience what it is that I do. Thank you so very much. You, you're welcome. Now, before I let you go, um, normally I always end the show with uh, saying some last words, but I'll let you end the show. I know we're going through some tough times right now with this pandemic. Any words that you have for the audience, anything that's on your heart, you know, the, the floor is yours. Um, everything's a new day. I know things are tough at the moment, but things will get better. Um, I know because everyone's been home for three and a half months, four months, that they're tired and they're stressed. But working out truly, truly, truly does help you and empower you. Um, when I first got laid off from my normal job, I moped around for two weeks. But now I get up every morning, I run downstairs, and I work out. And I feel great after I work out. And trust me, you will too. Anything you can do, I know that going for a walk outside is difficult. So find a class online, um, read, enjoy music. I mean, everything will help, but keep your spirits up. We will get through this, and every day is a new day to do something new. Absolutely. Every day, indeed, it is a new day. Carol, thank you uh, so much once again, and that's going to do it uh, for another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. Remember, uh, stay safe. If you have to go outside, please, please, please wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home. We're out of here. Peace. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit and full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. CTMobile.com. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. 
Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans. I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. I won't conform to the status quo or be limited by tradition. That ain't me. I was born to live infamously, and that's what Cali Red Wine is about. So I sit back with this good glass of wine and appreciate everything I've become in spite of this world. Because there's nothing better than a strong, smooth taste of redemption. 19 Crimes, Cali Red Wine, the taste of redemption. In stores now.